Hey there, all you ghouls and goblins. Radio 85.9 proudly presents Horror Zoid with your hosts, Stevie Scares and Natalie Nightmare, talking all things horror from the 80s, 90s, and today. Today's episode is brought to you by the Ghost Pro Camera. Capture your spirits anytime, anywhere with the Ghost Pro Camera sold wherever you get your paranormal supplies. Welcome back to another episode of Horrorzoid, everybody. I'm Stevie Scares. And I'm Natalie Nightmare. And today, on a very special episode of Horrorzoid. It's a little different. Normally we talk all about movies, because we are movie buffs. But today it's all about real paranormal experiences that have happened to Natalie Nightmare and Stevie Scares. This is real shit. It's about (laughs) to get real. It's about to go down. Hope y'all are ready. For some real shit. It's not about movies today. <laughs> yeah, it's all about true paranormal. Yeah, this is, uh, we're going to go through some stories, some experiences that we have had individually, together. Uh, it's going to be a real fun ride, trust me. You guys are going to, you guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, if we can leave you scared shitless, then yeah. that's the goal. I want to uh, give you chills and goosebumps at least once or twice in this episode. Uh, but with spooky season upon us, it's October. Uh, at the point of this being released, we're a little over a week away from Halloween. Oh, it's so exciting. So what better time to do it than now? And we're super pumped. We're super excited. Uh, uh, we're going to tell you our ghost stories, but we want to hear about your ghost stories. We want you to send us your ghost stories at horizoidpod at gmail.com. Drop us comments on TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, all the links are on Horrorzoid.com, so you can go find it and tell us uh, all your spooky stuff, too. And we'll read it on the air. If it's really fucking juicy, we'll read it on the air. yeah. Give us a scary one. And uh, we'll also talk about some of our favorite paranormal experts that are out there in the field that have kind of inspired us Mm -hmm. and will continue to inspire us to go find more ghosts and more spooky shit. So yeah, yeah, that's what's coming up in this episode. Before we get into it though, I also want to say real quick, thank you to everybody who's been listening. Thank you to everybody who's been checking out the podcast, whether it's through Anchor, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, however you consume it, we're grateful for you. Very much. And don't forget that Apple podcast, you can review the podcast, review Horrorzoid, let us know how we're doing, let us know what you think of it. If you think we're awesome, let us know. If you think it's shit, tell us. We can improve. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Apple podcast, review it, let us know how we're doing, and that's how we grow. So thank you again for everybody who's been tuning in. Yes, very much. Uh, but let's get into it, though. We're going to talk paranormal, personal experiences, mm-hmm. and I know Natalie has one from her childhood that she would like to kick things off with uh and i'm gonna brace you guys it's it's pretty fucking spooky it gives me chills she's <laughs> she's told it to me uh a lot and and each time i hear it i just get chills and goosebumps every time so i'll let natalie go ahead and take it away yeah so uh you know we we were hoping to have some more horror stories to read from you guys uh hopefully if you guys like this you will send us uh, your very own at horrorzoidpod at gmail.com as well, just to say that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've had an entire life of paranormal things happen, but not in the, the typical sense of, uh, I feel like what you hear where people deal with it consistently through their lives. Um, but I did have a pretty big experience when I was little. Um, we lived in a pretty old creaky house, um, you know, the big old heaters in the corners of the room, just a spooky old place. Um, and 
our back porch had this furnace that I, as a child, always called the home alone furnace because it was one of those big cast iron, you know, you could see the fire and it scary when it kicked on. But there was a particular night uh, that was storming, spooky outside. I didn't, uh, still don't do well with storms at night. And something about it, it made me get up and go to my parents' room, which is across the hall from mine as a child. And I was probably seven, maybe, at the time. Maybe eight, nine, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but I do as one does as a child. When you're scared, you go into your parents' room and you ask to stay in there for a little bit. And in that process, there was this horrible, horrible loud noise uh, coming from the back porch where the furnace was, uh, which the way our home was set up, that was basically on the other side of my parents' bedroom wall. So we woke up, I'm freaking out, my dad's telling me to calm down. My sister, whose bedroom's on the other side of the house, is screaming for us uh, over this horrible loud noise. We could barely hear each other. And my parents both get up and leave the room and leave me, this little seven, eight-year-old, in their bed, storming outside this horrible, loud, screeching noise coming from the other room. And ooh, I gave myself goosebumps thinking about it because <laughs> it's something that still visually sticks with me. Um, but as I watched them both leave, they told me to stay put. They were going to go see what was going on, what the noise was. And I glance back the other way and I look down towards the end of the bed and as what I could only say as an adult now would be a shadow person, um, but I knew it was looking at me even though I couldn't see its face. There were no eyes, there was nothing. It was just this big black mass figure of a man at the end of the bed staring at me and I was alone and my parents couldn't hear me and I probably let out a nice screech and I covered up my head with a blanket and I never saw it in that house again but it stuck with me for days I was terrified to go to my parents room because that's where it was I didn't want to go in there anymore um, and I never saw it again the entire time I lived in that house probably for 20 years and it was the only time I ever saw it uh, there were a lot of weird little spooky things that would happen in the house, but that was the one that stuck with me. And I don't think I really told anyone about it until I was an adult. And I told my mom probably when I was, I don't know, 26, 27. Uh, and all she could do was laugh and say, well, thanks for telling us now that we're not living in the house. Um, but yeah, that's my, my story. It's the only full, um, I don't really want to say apparition. Uh, because obviously in our adult lives, we've learned a lot more about these classifications of paranormal and what's an apparition or what's like a shadow figure. And But it was. It was the darkest, deepest black I could ever imagine. And it looked at me. Uh, yeah, th like I said, that is every time I hear that story from you, I am more and more uncomfortable, more and more unsettled. <laughs> more and more disturbed and, and I and it, it comes clearer to me like I can picture what you were going through mm -hmm. as a kid uh, in that moment yeah now me personally I've never had I never had anything happen to me when I was a kid um, I remember being a kid and you know we would tell each other ghost stories yeah you know, I, obviously I'm a writer so like one of my favorite things to do as a kid was to come up with 
spooky stories mm-hmm. still is. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it, we would do that, but I, I honestly can't sit here and say I ever really had anything paranormal happen to me when I was a kid. It wasn't until I was much older, and in fact, really, it, it didn't really ramp up until, you know, you, I met you. That, that, <laughs> I that, guess, <laughs> do you think I'm spooky? Right. <laughs> I guess, I guess it comes with me, and there's something interesting about that, too, and I, I'm gonna, interrupt you for a second here and just let everybody know that whenever I met Stevie, he was a skeptic. Um, he... uh, and, and I still try to approach things as a skeptic yeah, in a lot of environments do. because I think if, if, if one thing I always pride myself on is if there's a group of people and mm-hmm. everybody is freaking out, there has to be somebody who is remaining calm and rational. And, right. and, and if, if I don't see anybody else taking on that role, I kind of take it upon myself and, mm-hmm coming from the vantage point of being a skeptic for so long, Mm -hmm. it just, you know, it just comes naturally to me. Yeah. Like, and and it's not that I'm trying to be a dick. It's not that I'm trying to be rude. It's that I, if if it's genuinely paranormal, Mm -hmm. if it is genuinely inexplicable, I, it it will terrify me. It will shake (laughs) me to my core. You know that. Yeah, I do. We're going to get into that here in a bit. Yes, and I'm going to talk about some shit. But at the same time, I don't want to be that person that's like, I don't want to be the boy that cried wolf. Right. Where everything is a spirit. Everything is a ghost. Everything is a specter. For because sure. a lot of these things that people talk about can be explained mm-hmm. rationally. Well, and me and you have talked about that, and it's something we're going to get into. But even, you know, some of the paranormal shows that we've watched over, you know, decades of them being on air, we really lean towards the people who tend to like want to find what a noise could have been or what this could have been and it's you know it's something even as I think about it you're talking about being a level-headed one and you know not really have anything happen as you were a kid you know we had a couple of things not that I can remember at least maybe something did but it just didn't stick with me the same way it did with you but that's what I'm kind of getting at you know uh, I sent that story into actually another podcast years ago. Um, Tony and Jenny Bruski have real ghost stories online. Um, I actually sent that one in anonymously. Um, not that I care if anyone knows about it, but it's whenever, you know, they, they read the stories and they kind of give their, their little thoughts and input. And something that Jenny said that really kind of sent a chill down my spine was, what if it was just no pun intended with it being storming, that it was the perfect storm and you caught it looking at you. What if it had always been there, but for that brief moment, you saw it? And that, ugh, it makes it freaks me out. It gives me goosebumps to this day because I think about how many times in that house there were things that kind of creeped me out. But as a kid who doesn't know enough about that yet, there's probably so many things that happened to me and friends that I knew in their homes that we just didn't think about as paranormal because you're kids, you know? Right. Well, and, and as kids, when you do bring that stuff up, adults immediately dismiss you. Sure. You know, it just, it's, it's, it's. And just... that's probably why I never talked about right, it. Growing right. up in a religious home, they would have been like, oh, it was a demon. What are you doing at the, you well, know, it's, and it's just something I never brought up. But I think there's probably a lot of noises or smells or, you know, things that happen in there that we were like, oh, that's kind of weird. You just run along on your day because you've got shit to do as a kid. (laughs) Well, and it's funny that you say that about uh, what what Jenny said about it being the perfect storm, because not to get into too many details here. I mean, you and I have gone on about this forever, but uh, I, I, and I don't know if I've said it before on the show, but I am an outright atheist. Like that is Mm -hmm. just my, it's my stance on everything. Mm -hmm. You believe what you want to believe. And I have no judgment on anybody and I hope they would not judge me for mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am. 
So I don't believe in ghosts and paranormal in the traditional sense, like, you know, ghosts and angels and spirits and souls and things like that. But I do believe any paranormal that we encounter throughout our day-to-day lives is the result of energies. Mm -hmm. Because as somebody who values the opinion of scientists, the research of scientists, and the hard work of of people in in the scientific fields, Mm -hmm. I I value that. And one thing that that all science has fundamentally proven to us is that energy exists. And energy cannot be... Uh, uh, stomped out, it can only be transferred. Sure. Energy cannot end. It cannot die. It can only be transferred. Therefore, my opinion, anything paranormal that anybody is experiencing is typically energy. Mm-hmm. You know, so when when she says it's the perfect storm, you know, storm, yeah, absolutely. It, well, it's yeah, literally they... electricity <laughs> coming from the fucking sky. What, what <laughs> energy do you need? I was going to say, that's, that's one thing, you know, that's interesting about the the dark and stormy night trope is what I've learned after, you know, years of listening to their podcast alone, let alone watching, you know, uh, stuff on TV. But there is something about, you know, obviously electricity it energizes things and water is a conduit. Bingo. And, so, I mean, a storm is right. perfect. So, st- storms, yeah. you know, you get a lot of bathroom stories where people are in the shower running the bath and things like that. And I feel like that has a lot to do with some of the hauntings and you know paranormal experiences that people have is the dark and stormy night is because it's energizing you know right right and so if you're like me and you believe that that anything people encounter paranormal is just energy energies it's clear yeah well and that's why and i don't know what show it was but years ago this is probably 15 years ago there was something i was listening to or watching and they mentioned um, you know, this, the building that had been redone and everyone talked about seeing this woman walk down part of the hall and she would go through the wall. And if you think about the time that this woman, which the way she looks, her time period, I heard the term residual haunting. And I was like, that, that makes sense to me because if someone does the science, same the thing, term residual energy is prevalent in a lot of studies exactly i love that and it's just the idea of you know um a lot of these things they're they're people that were in places for a long time there was a lot going on and you know if you're seeing just the the residual energy of this woman walking down the hall and going through a doorway that's no longer there that's why she's going through a wall right she's going through a wall because back in the day that was probably a door exactly so because so many of the places that you see hauntings at where they do that it's because they've been reconstructed or rebuilt you Mm -hmm. know you've had places that have burnt down and they build a new building of course things are going to be different i love that and that's that's kind of you know as as an ex-christian who used to believe that you know spirits could come and go as they pleased from whatever fucking realm they were in or they would be stuck here and you know you have the whole we have to help them cross over and i get that there's still a concept to that that i can't quite explain but i think the the energy thing just makes a lot of sense to me as someone who's become a atheist witch (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, absolutely it's it's the best explanation i have because I, I, I have encountered things. While yeah. I am a skeptic, my, you know, and that's how I approach things, because to me, I want to rule out all natural explanations. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to leave any room for doubt? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, my, that's kind of my, 
opinion. So I don't feel like I'm a skeptic as much as I just try to eliminate every possibility yeah. so that I can be 100% certain this is normal or paranormal. But you've definitely, um, you know, since I've known you, have opened a, up a lot more to these otherworldly um, and kind of seen a whole new side. And part of that's because, well, guys, I used to live in a haunted apartment and he moved in with me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We, we, and we will get to the haunted apartment here, uh, later in the yes. episode, but, uh, so stick around. That's yeah, a good fucking scary yeah, story. Yeah. It, it's terrified the shit out of us for, for a few years there. Uh, but I want to talk about some of my own personal experiences mm-hmm. that I've had solo. Uh, again, most of it as an adult, because when I was a kid, just not, Something I remember happening. You didn't to me. have a shadow man at the end of your right. bed. No, I, I was interested in the paranormal. I love spooky me stories. Too. I love ghosts. Oh my god, I the ghost stories movies. and all right. that shit you could get at the Scholastic Book Fair. Right. I got every single book I could get my hands on as a kid for that. Yeah, I, I love that stuff, but I, I just don't remember anything happening to me that I can sit here and point out one hundred percent was paranormal. Um, but as, as an adult, yeah, I've had several things, and one of the one of the big things in my life that has caused a lot of the paranormal activity is one of the places I go to for my job. I travel, you know, we live in Indiana, but I travel out to California a lot for, Mm -hmm. for work. And the place that we end up staying is one of the most haunted locations in all of California. Mm -hmm. Um, the location I'm talking about is the Biltmore hotel in downtown Los Angeles. It is first off. I I just want to say it's one of the most beautiful structures you will find in all of American history, in all of American architecture, it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and and uh, but they, they, it's interesting. It's fascinating because they've shot movies there, they've shot music videos there, scenes from Independence Day, scenes from Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, just to name a few movies that were shot there. Episodes of New Girl were shot there. Taylor Swift shot a music video there. It has incredible, rich history and a lot of activity. Um, the other thing I want to say before I get into the stories here is, uh, if anybody's listening to this and you, uh, are thinking about going, I cannot recommend it enough. It is, uh, just the location. It's a beautiful place. You know, it's been there before. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a a big fan of downtown LA. No, uh, (laughs) no, no shit for anyone that lives there, but I live in small town, Indiana, and the city kind of terrifies me. Even downtown India, it's about as big as I I'm, I'm okay with. And downtown LA, it's it's huge, it's massive, but there's a lot of cool history and really amazing buildings. And when the first time I went to the Millennium Biltmore, I was just, I wanted to walk it for hours. It's beautiful and it's haunting and it's, you know, the ornate decor inside, absolutely, 1,000%. I feel like I've got friends that are like, we should go, like just oh, go for it, a weekend. Yeah, it, again, I can't recommend it enough. Plus yeah. the staff is just incredibly super sweet, nice. Yeah accommodating, hospitable. I, I can't say enough nice things. They are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I love mm-hmm. them all. It's like the home away from home for me. It it's, is. It's like yeah. my second family. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, kind of going over some of the history so you get an idea of how haunted it really is. Uh, it was uh, uh, opened in 1923, and they held uh, the Oscars there in those early years of film. In fact, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was founded uh, by people who were staying and enjoying a lunch at the Biltmore. Uh, and there's even an anecdote of the guy who was the art director for MGM designed the Oscar statue uh, on a napkin at the Biltmore. So really cool history there. Uh, but the darkness of the Biltmore comes from the fact that a young woman 
uh, entered and left a few times there by the name of Elizabeth Short. And if you don't know who Elizabeth Short is, she has become known as the Black Dahlia. Black Dahlia, of course, famous because in 1947, I want to say, uh, her body was discovered uh, on the side of a road in a ditch. She was violently bisected, and her uh, she had cuts and bruises, and her blood was drained from her body. She had a Glasgow smile upon her face. It was just one of the most brutal crimes in history, and to this day, nearly 100 years later, it has not been solved. Um, just truly bizarre case. Uh, but the reason she is tied to the Biltmore is because it is the last place she was seen alive. The Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, last place Elizabeth Short was seen alive. And they commemorate her with a picture in a hallway uh, near the lobby of the hotel. And that hallway alone, um, I've got some photos, I've got some videos, and we'll try to share them on TikTok and Instagram and yeah. things like that. So I'm eager to us. I'm eager to share those. They're yeah. just seeing them is really cool. I remember seeing you yeah, know her portrait in the yeah. hallway, and I was like, well, this is interesting and there's you know there's plenty more um you know photos and stuff in the hall for the history of the hotel like it, it's so much it's a lot to take in yeah. but the thing about that hallway is her photo is the only one with a with its own individual spotlight on it yes which creepy. is which makes it which gives it this very creepy aura but i will 100 percent. i can sit here and confirm this I'm, I'm not bullshitting you when i say this when you stand in front of that picture it is fundamentally different temperature wise in front of that picture than it is anywhere else in that hallway. It is, it's colder. Well, and it, you, you said you've even talked drop. to talked to staff, you know, with as many times as you've been out there, and I mean, so many people, you know, they all have their own stories working there. I can't imagine being someone that's going through those hallways at night. Uh, it, it, it well, I've, I've been through those hallways <laughs> at night myself, you <laughs> yeah. know, because we work there and you know we we you know we 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 film there, we shoot there, we do all sorts of different shit, and we're at all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it is it is it is truly terrifying being in that hallway, being be, and, and being in that hotel, being in there at night is mm -hmm. completely different than being in there in, in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's there's so there's there's definitely cold spots which are dead giveaway of paranormal activity. Um, people have said they've seen Elizabeth walking through the hallways. Uh, I have not. I, I will sit here and tell you right now, I've never physically seen, quote, seen anything. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything visually. I've heard things. I've felt things, but I've never seen anything. So I can sit here and tell you that. Like, don't expect me to have a story quite as cool <laughs> as Natalie's. Um, but with the Biltmore, it, it, it's, it's, there's other little stuff that I want to get into before I get into one specific story. Uh, we've, we've just had so many different little things happen to us in our time staying there, especially this year for some reason, which I kind of attribute to the fact that during the pandemic, the hotel was kind of shut down. Uh, but it looks like they were allowing people to come in and do paranormal investigations, which I can only imagine stirred up <laughs> a bunch of activity. Because yeah. when we went back after the pandemic, it was a lot more activity. Well, uh, a lot of people have had the theory of the more activity and interaction you have, the more you're going to get. Right, they're going to seek it out. Yeah, it's an interaction that, um, you know, coming back to this word, gives energy to what's there. Of course. And it's, you know, it's like all the, the tropes of don't acknowledge anything. It's like, well, everyone's acknowledging it now. Right, so. right. It, it, it's, it, and you can tell, it's like I said, it's been a stark contrast from when I originally stayed there to this year. Um, but yeah, the, we've had little things. Like I remember there was uh, one of the more recent stories. Uh, roommate and I were literally about to fall asleep. 
Uh, and the way the rooms are set up, you've got two beds, and in the middle you have a joint nightstand that you share uh, with a light and a phone. He had a glass of water sitting on the nightstand. He was turned away from me. I was turned towards the nightstand. He was turned away from the nightstand. So we're kind of basically facing the same wall, if that gives you a visual. Mm -hmm. So we're facing the same wall. He's turned away from the nightstand. I'm, fall I'm facing the nightstand. I'm about to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, as soon as I close my eyes and I'm sleeping, I'm awakened by the, the phone is off the hook. There's a loud noise. The phone is off the hook. The glass of water is on the floor. And I can hear the dial tone of the phone. And I look. He's still turned away. He's got his headphones on. That's why he didn't really stir. And as soon as he sees me get up, he turns over. He's like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. Literally, the phone falls off the hook. The uh, glass of water is on the floor. We don't know what happened. We literally have no explanation for why this happened. Uh, it, it was totally bizarre and really shook us. The fact that we were able to get to sleep after that is a miracle. But, it, 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 yeah, but these things happen all the time. And one thing I will say before I get in the, into more stories is you're going to hear a lot of people talk about the Biltmore, and you're going to hear everybody say, oh, Floor X is the most haunted floor. Floor Y is the most haunted floor. They're all fucking haunted. <laughs> You're going to hear yeah. people say, Floor 5 is the most haunted. Floor 9 is the most haunted. But it, it, they're but all the fucking But the ground haunted. floor, you know, I haven't been there, obviously, as much as you. Sometimes you travel out there solo. But the, like, the base, it wasn't the basement. I think it was the ground floor. Um, in those little back hallways and stuff where it gets towards, like, the gym and the pool the first time I was there, I was uncomfortable just the way it felt. And I'm super sensitive. I know a lot of people, you know, you hear that and you're like, oh, bullshit. But it's like, no, I, I feel those energies like it's touching my skin. Well, and, and, and for somebody like me who hasn't had a lot of paranormal experiences, I feel it. Right. And it, maybe I'm becoming more aware of it, though, it as is, I get older. Though. But it is, it is so strong. And, and you mentioned those back hallways as it leads to the gym. The one that we talked about earlier, water is a conduit, and one of the most haunted areas in that hotel is the pool. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the the pool itself has been one of the most haunted locations in the Biltmore for years. Uh, several people, uh, I've, I've heard through the grapevine, have had some of the most intense paranormal experiences of their lives. There's one story that was iterated to me about a gentleman who had his kid at the pool, and he was relaxing on a chair. His kid... Uh, was playing, he wasn't playing in the pool, he was playing around the pool. And uh, he told his dad, he said, he said, uh, Dad, uh, can you get this little boy to stop messing with me? And the guy looks up and he doesn't see anybody. He's like, just go back to playing. So he's like, okay, Dad. And he goes back and he's like, he, he comes back, the kid comes back and he starts bothering his dad. And he's like, Dad, this kid's messing with me. Can you get him to leave me alone? And he looks up and he, the, the guy looks up, he's like, there's nobody here. But then he looks down and he sees wet footprints. There was nope. nobody else in the pool. He and his son had not gotten in the pool, but there were wet footprints. So immediately he literally went to the, uh, the the company he was working for, told him to switch hotels, and he and his son ended up staying in a completely different hotel from everybody else. See, and all right, I have goosebumps because first off, you haven't told me that yet. Uh, but, yeah. but also, you know, that kind of goes into one of your experiences the last time involving what seemed to be a child. Yes, so uh, when I was there, one of the most recent times, I was there with uh, a few different people, um, and uh, again, I don't think we've gotten into this, but Natalie describes herself as an empath, uh, somebody who is uh, more in tune, not just with the supernatural, but just feelings and emotions and, and uh, things that you can't necessarily see in general, just 
you, you and, and I'm probably explaining it poorly here, but it, you, you feed off of emotions. You feel emotions stronger than, than most people that are coming. Like, like, people radiate emotions and energy all the time. Yes. And while some of us are not as sensitive to it, you're, you have a heightened sensitivity to that. Right. It's like, in a simplified way, and I know a lot of people feel this, and some people feel it probably don't know what it is, so maybe this will help somebody, but I kind of have to... Um, put up like a, a mental barrier between me and other things sometimes if I feel too overwhelmed. And that can be if it's a place that just feels really creepy and spooky um, or if it's just someone who's really mad and they may right. not even be mad at me but I can walk into a room and be by somebody and it's like I just feel it. It's like little pinpricks on my arms right. sometimes. Not to oversimplify it again, but it's like when dogs can sense that it's about to rain or <laughs> yes. something. Yes, you know, no, exactly. It's, it's a very similar sensation, it is a as similar. you've described it. Yeah. Um, but the reason I, I say this is because the last time I was staying at the Biltmore, uh, I was staying with some people who uh, are who also consider this, themselves empaths mm-hmm. to one extent or another. One guy uh, feels very well-versed, uh, has had several experiences that he's iterated to me. Uh, one girl was there with us she's very new to it she she feels very in tune with it but she's she's a novice when it mm-hmm. comes to her empathic abilities so uh, and I'm kind of in the middle whereas like you know I, I approach things as a skeptic I definitely feel things I don't see things but I can feel things and hear things and especially in a place like the Biltmore uh, those energies just are palpable mm-hmm. so uh, we we, uh, we we set out we, you know uh, we were all getting ready to fly out none of us really wanted to go to sleep we wanted to we wanted to stay awake, so what better to stay awake? What better way to stay awake than to uh, go looking for ghosts? So that's what we did, and uh, it, it, it started. We uh, we were in the hotel. We were in the hallway with the po- portrait of the Black Dahlia, and there are again other photos in that hallway. And one thing I will say here, even though I've never seen anything, I can't help but shake the feeling that over the years, the other photos in that hallway, I just feel like. This is going to sound really fucked up. I, they're not the way I remember them. Mm-hmm. They're almost more... They almost get more strange as 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 the years go on. It's like every time I look at them, these people who are supposed to be these glamorous celebrities and these stars of the time look more haggard. Like They look scary. They mm-hmm. do. They look like they're just... They look monstrous almost at this point. I've been staying there so many years and maybe it's a you know, a uh, placebo effect of just being in a spooky haunted hotel. I say, yeah, you guys were running to... through the, you know, right. kind of quiet, everyone's sleeping hallways at like yeah. two in the morning, you know. Precisely. It, it's 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 so creepy. Like I said, I, I don't rule out that it's just not in my head because I am, you know, I approach but things But it adds as a to the, the creep factor it of really going does. through And there. all the photos are black and white. They're yeah. all really old timey because they when the Oscars were to see Jack the Nicholson in the front smiling like in the shining. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it, no, it's pictures like that. <laughs> yeah, it hallway. is. Like no exaggeration. It Like there's one big picture from the Oscars one year where you look at it and you're like, holy shit, it is the Overlook 4th of July bash <laughs> fucking thing that they did, or New Year's bash, whatever it was. Um, but it does. It's it's very Overlook Hotel uh, in that hallway. And uh, we're, we're walking through there, and both people I was I was with that were empaths uh, immediately felt something in that hallway. And we get to uh, – we get to the kind of this, this in-between, this, this – uh, intermittent area where it is um 
uh, where you're about to go from that hallway with the Black Dahlia's photo into where the gym and the pool are. And uh, immediately we all had to stop because we felt the energy was stronger right before you get there. And like I said, you're about to hit the area with the pool, which is water's a conduit. Mm -hmm. So the guy who I was with, who is the more experienced empath, he he has said to me several times, he's like, it's, it's, a, it's a little boy. He said that the energy that he feels overwhelmingly that he's encountered more often than not in that hotel is a little boy. And we told this to the girl who's the less experienced empath. And, uh, and the more experienced empath, he, he told me what, he, what the boy's name is. And we were kind of trying to test the girl's abilities, this, this woman's abilities as far as an empath. So we said, do you get any feeling from the boy? Do you? She's like, she kept saying, well, she's like, I don't, she's like, I feel he's here, but I want to know his name. And the more experienced empath says to her, he says, well, I'll tell you this, it starts with a J and literally without missing a beat, she goes, Jimmy. And he stops dead in his tracks. And he's like, that's exactly what it is. This little boy who haunts the hotel, his name is Jimmy. And then later that night, she describes what he looks like, like what he's wearing. And she describes a little boy in kind of a, a novelty sailor's outfit and that my friend literally like had to put his phone down he's like he, he couldn't believe that she just sent him that, that that's how she described him because that's exactly how he sees him that's so wild. so they both saw the same thing without and and i'm telling you i was with them this whole time they never had a chance to compare notes they never had a chance to you know spook me out here this right is, it's like guessing saying jimmy it's like oh well maybe right. it's like little sailor outfit right. it's like that's not the first thing i'd think of you know and like i said i was with them the whole night both of them they didn't have a chance to sit here and it, the whole time we were there the whole week i was with both of them for you know most of the, you know pretty much the entire trip and they didn't have the time to compare notes i could sit here and tell you that as a skeptic that was my first thought is like oh they they're fucking with me i can't i can't point out a time when they were able to do that right so that freaked me out so we decided to go into we decided to go down the stairs towards the pool but we stopped and again we asked the the, 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 this woman who's a less experienced empath we're kind of she's trying to learn her abilities we're trying to help her kind of get control of everything we're trying to help her help her out here so we gave her the option do you want to go into the room where there's the pool or these stairs go farther into kind of subterranean levels of the hotel where you are literally underground basement level shit mm-hmm. not great not, not, not fun stuff <laughs> but she said she's like no I feel like we gotta keep going down so we go down hit these double doors and we come out this set of double doors and we're immediately greeted to uh, uh, this ballroom and this ballroom is uh, again it's it's kind of sub-level it is uh, where they hosted the Oscars it is the actual room where they hosted the Oscars all these years so you can immediately tell a lot of energy a lot of spooky shit here a lot of people have crossed through here um, and in fact some paranormal investigators have said in this room they've seen the spirit of a little girl and have had video footage of it and I've seen it and it's fucking ugh, it's yeah. creepy uh, but we were there the day before it was pitch black and we were already like nope let's get the fuck out of here so the fact that we were drawn back to this room a second time we knew we had to do something we knew we had to go in so we go in and I can't go past the entrance because to the left is a fucking grand piano and immediately I knew there was something negative attached to this piano I knew that if I walked any further, I was walking into a 
basically a room that was just elbow to elbow spirits and energy. Like I could just tell it and I did not want to go in there. And I told them, I'm like, guys, I can't go any further. I can tell there's something negative attached to that piano. This room does not feel welcoming at all. So we're in there for a few minutes. We decide to go back out. We go back out. We're at the entrance of this room. Those double doors we just passed through are behind us. And we're kind of just like talking. We're all kind of jazzed up because we felt the energy in that room. And we're talking. We're talking. And all of a sudden, literally without missing a beat, boom, giant slam against the doors behind us. And I'm like, holy shit, what was that? My immediate thought is somebody knew we were coming down here and decided to fuck with us. So I go open the door. Nobody. Not a soul. Not a single fucking person. And let me tell you, when you open these doors, there's a set of stairs going up. There's a set of stairs going down. They're not carpeted. They're not padded. You're going to see or hear somebody going up or going down those stairs. We did not hear or see a single soul, yet it sounded like somebody slammed their entire body into that door and scared the shit out of us. That is easily the most paranormal thing that's ever happened to me in that fucking hotel, and it's because we went looking for it, and we were encouraging it. And throughout our stay there, we, we had other little things happen. Like later that night, we went into the gym, into the pool. Uh, the woman who's the less experienced empath um, said she felt the little boy in there. She even said, she's like, is there a ball in here? I get the sense he wants to play with the ball. And literally you look across there and there is a ball. And uh, if they're motion activated lights on the other side of the gym where there's nobody, not a soul to see, light comes on. Nope. Right above that <laughs> ball. So we are, so that whole night it was just fucking, it, it, was, it was uncomfortable. It was freaky. We had paranormal shit out the wazoo. Uh, the woman who's the less experienced empath said she couldn't even sleep alone that night. She was so freaked out, so scared. She just felt like all these things she'd experienced were lingering with her. And as an empath, I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, though, that, that alone was just like the, just the most, the mo just the most uncomfortable I've ever been. Um, but and before we move on to the the last thing I want to say, my last thing I want to talk about with the Biltmore is uh, uh, probably one of the freakiest things that ever happened to me solo, alone by myself was uh, there was a night that uh, I was uh, in hanging out with some friends and uh, it was like 10:30 at night. It's not too late. It was 10:30 at night. I had just flown in. They had just flown in. We were all really tired, so we decided to call it a night. Their room was on the fifth floor. My room was on the eighth floor. And their room and my room were on completely opposite ends of the elevator. Elevator's basically in the middle of these of each floor. They're on one side, far, far away. I'm on the other side, far, far away. So I walk out of their room, and immediately as soon as that door shuts, I feel something next to me. I don't see anything there, but I feel it next to me. And I can't explain it. I'm like, why the fuck do I feel like there's a person literally right next to me? And I can't, I couldn't shake it. I And I walk to the elevator, I feel it with me the entire time. I get in the elevator, I feel it with me the entire time. I get off and walk to my room, I feel it with me. It wasn't until I closed my door to my room that I felt like that thing was no longer with me. And, when, and the reason I say this now is because thinking back to it being a little boy, it very much made sense. It felt like, you know, it, I have kids, but 
I, I'll be honest, I don't like other people's kids. I have enough patience for my kids. <laughs> yeah. But it felt like if there was a little fucking kid next to me and I just, like, go away. Running down the hallway with you, not but it's running, not going to go just in like your room. Just, like, bothering me. You know, like, when there's a little kid next yeah. to you, it's like, hey, mister, hey, mister, hey, mister. It yeah. was fucking like that. I yeah. didn't feel threatened. I didn't feel like I wasn't going to make it to my room, but I did feel like there was something attached to me or next to me that shouldn't be there. And the other thing I will say about the Biltmore that creates kind of a, a vortex, a portal energy source, whatever you want to call it, there are fucking mirrors, mirrors. everywhere. I knew exactly what you were going to say And I don't know why they decided it. to do it like this, but so when you get into the elevators... I think it's just one of those it's those old designs because I feel yeah. like any old hotel that I go into, they have shit like that. And that was one of the first fucking things that I said when we got there. And you get in the elevator and it's all fucking mirrors. And then you get out into the hallway and there's mirrors at each end of the hallway so they're facing each other which if you know anything about you don't do that anything i don't like that it's basically reflecting that energy back to itself and it just magnifies things and i don't like mirrors i have yep. one mirror that i bought at walmart and i will never have a used mirror or anything like that and so seeing those giant mirrors at the end of the hallways it made me uncomfortable the hallways, the I didn't elevators. even want to look at them yeah there's fucking mirrors everywhere and there shouldn't be elevator is, I stare at the floor <laughs> you have to you have to it, you have to like keep your head down it is super uncomfortable uh, but that, yeah so that's that's really what I wanted to talk about with the Biltmore those are the big scary things that have happened to me since I've been there those are the big things I want to hit upon um, tons more shit I could go on about the Biltmore forever uh, but long story short if you're into the paranormal if you're looking for a good experience if you're looking for good haunted shit you want shit to happen to you look no further Biltmore Hotel downtown Los Angeles go stay there you will uh, you won't regret it yeah uh, but yeah so moving on uh, we each told our own separate stories now we're going to tell about something that we both experienced and as Natalie mentioned we lived in this kind of spooky haunted ass apartment yeah um, up until just a few years ago now yeah we uh, we actually moved in the middle of the pandemic which was uh, very weird uh, we couldn't uh, tour the place that we live in now or anything. Luckily, we had seen it before. But uh, yeah, I um, back in 2017, I uh, went through a divorce and I moved and I was living alone. Um, of course, I lived in this tiny little <laughs> shoebox apartment. First place I'd lived in on my own. And of course, why not? I get a fucking haunted apartment. Um, and it started pretty slow. I was there alone for a while, but it would be just kind of little things. Um, I got a cat not long after moving there, and I would notice sometimes she'd kind of do one of those, like, sit up and look at something. But she's also anxious, so I kind of, you know, brushed it to the side, didn't think anything of it. But uh, it started pretty small. I feel like that's... Uh, away any horror movie starts but it would be little things like uh different lights and stuff that i have that you have to physically uh you know like they're battery operated you have to grab them pick them up flip the switch and set it back down uh would turn on and i don't know after 30 years of having battery operated lights and things i've never had one just turn on by itself and i would be a little bit dismissive about it but it kind of picked up a little bit more uh, certain things would, I feel like, get moved around the apartment, um, and I didn't have a lot then, so I would really notice if something was moved. Um, and there was one night in particular, I know I have a video of it actually, 
um, from years ago, but I had fallen asleep on my couch watching TV. The cat was with me. I get up and go to the bathroom and the way it was kind of set up, it was so small. Um, there wasn't really a hallway. It was more of just a like four by four square of standing space in between the bathroom and the bedroom. And I get up and I go to the bathroom, sitting there, I'm kind of groggy eyed, didn't turn the light on or anything. And my cat gets up on the counter and she's staring across the this little space into the bedroom, something that has caught her attention. And I kind of look up and I notice this little projector light that is going across my room instead of up and it's turned on. And this is one of those things I was talking about. You have to have a switch physically switched. It's not an easy switch. You know, you have to grab it with your little nail and move it. Uh, it's not just like a button or anything. And it's this little kind of like spinning light that I had sitting on my nightstand that was laying on its side turned on and it freaked freaked me out um but it really picked up more uh when you moved in yeah it, when I moved in it was uh, it ramped up big and I don't know if I just disturbed something that that was already just kind of dormant or if if it, I don't know if it was just energies that were passing through but uh the apartment was older I think they were built in the 70s, which I know yeah. that sounds weird saying it's older now, but that's 50 years of people who have come in and out. you got to think about right. these apartment complexes, how many people come and go. And it was a huge complex. So, like, right. there were literally, you know, there's four units on each floor. Um, so there's 12 people or 12 units in each, like, building space. And, I mean, my apartment was, like, 550 square feet. It was not big. No. Um, this is like most rooms for like homes now, <laughs> Yeah. but it was, you know, I had had a few, uh, experiences before you moved in where I just kind of, I had restless sleep or I had this weird feeling, um, in the darkness of the bathroom that there was like something kind of looking in the bedroom, but it was pretty mild. And when you moved in and you were, you know, obviously we're in our bedroom sleeping in the same bed you know, you started to feel that weird negative energy as well. And it was always coming from uh, that little hall space and the bathroom. Right. It was, it was almost like that's where it just converged, which it'll make sense here in a moment why we felt it from there. But uh, I remember one of the first moments I had was probably the first month or two I was staying there with you. It was uh, like what you described. I, we were going to bed. You had already fallen asleep, and I rolled over, mm -hmm. and I'm just facing the door that leads to that little space between the bathroom and the bedroom, so then I can see into the bedroom, too. And you kind of see a little bit of the living room, too. There's that little utility closet. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, what I could see. But the entire time, I couldn't blink. I couldn't close my eyes. I did not feel comfortable doing that because in my head, for some reason, something made me feel like there was, at any moment, something could come around that corner. It was like the way people describe home invasions. Like they could tell somebody was in the house, but they didn't see them yet. Mm -hmm. I felt very similar. Thankfully, I, I haven't been through an actual home invasion, so I, I can't sit here and say if that's accurate or not. I'm just comparing it to what I've heard, the closest thing, my frame of reference, what I've got. But that's what it felt like. It literally felt it's like somebody was- a malicious energy. It was a malicious energy. It felt like somebody was going to come around that corner and attack me and you. And mm -hmm. I just, I, how could I sleep thinking right. that, that that's what was going to happen? So there was that. The next instance was again, we're in bed, we're about to fall asleep. Uh, you Again, you had fallen asleep, I had not. 
and I'm, but I'm literally close. I'm drifting to sleep, and it just I, the, the only way I can describe it is it sounded like there was a voice shouting in my ear that was right next to me, yet it also felt like it was thousands of miles away. And I don't know if anybody understands what I'm getting at, but it's the only way I can describe it, and it said my name. And at first my thought was, oh my God, it, you know, is there somebody in the apartment below us or next to us and that they, that, you know, named Steven, maybe they were hollering for, but I've never heard anybody else call for Steven. I've never heard that name uttered by anybody in the, in the vicinity. It could always happen, I guess, but it just wasn't. And, and again, the, the thing that really spooked me was not that it just sounded far away, but it also sounded like it was right in my fucking ear. Right. It sounded like I had headphones on and that it was just like, it was just for me. And that was one of those those moments you you stirred and you, I jumped up you you jumped up and so I woke up because I was probably still pretty lightly sleeping at right. that point and you were like was that you you know you were trying you were I could tell you were searching for any kind of explanation yeah, just anything and I I'm could like say, no like, like yeah. I'm facing the other way I'm asleep I didn't hear anything you know and obviously you know people of all walks of life have different um, schedules and things I think we were going to bed pretty late that night but yeah we've never heard anything like that yeah. Never um, had from anything like that happen again. Never heard anybody say the name Steven again or before no. that. It was like, it was just, yeah, it, it was just terrifying. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it really ramped up. The moment it really hit its crescendo for us was not long after that, maybe a month or two after that. Uh, it was early in the morning. Um, I had, uh, uh, I had And something... I am going to interrupt you real quick and yeah. just preface this, that when I moved in, um, I was I was desperate to find a place. Um, I had known a friend that had lived in this complex, and I just I didn't tour it. I just I bought it. I went right. and I, I got it. And whenever I um, got my keys and I went in and I started kind of moving stuff in, I walked into this bathroom and immediately was like, oh, shit, because there's a big mirror over the sink as there is in a bathroom, but then behind it, facing it two mirrors facing each other is uh, a medicine, medicine cabinet, cabinet that's mirrored and you know again they're older this is a an old thing that they really don't do a whole lot of anymore um just the way it was done anyway mm-hmm. but it made I me uncomfortable i forgot about that so you said that yeah. <laughs> i remember i wanted to figure out how to cover that mirror right. and i was only i had been in there for five minutes and i was like i don't like this little mirror on the cover I hate that it's facing the other mirror and um being the person I am I just came in and um kind of cleansed things as a witch Mm -hmm. does and hoped for the best and it just didn't really help with the mirrors no no it was there was uh so yeah the big crescendo was there was a a morning uh I was up early uh I had something I had plans with my daughter so I was uh I was up, I was in the shower, it was like six in the morning. Natalie mm-hmm. didn't work that morning, so she was sleeping in. And I, I shower, I get out, and as normal, the mirror's fogged up. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, I had just cleaned this mirror the day before, two days before, and when I clean the mirror, it is always the same way. I either go side to side, up and down. I don't really deviate, because why would you? You're just cleaning a fucking mirror. It's not that deep. You know, you don't want it to be streaky, so you try to clean it in a nice, organized pattern. So I do that. That's how I always do it. I'm just kind of anal about the way I clean my mirrors. I can sit here and tell you with all certainty <laughs> that's how I clean them. Yeah. Um, so I, the, the mirror fogs up. I'm out of the shower. I look at it. It's not... Most of the mirror is up and down the way the... You know, you can see where I wiped it, right? However, bottom right-hand corner of the mirror, it's not like that. 
there is something very See, distinct. you say bottom right hand, and it was more like a quarter of the whole fucking mirror. And this is a pretty That's big mirror. That's fair. It was a big chunk I mean, of the mirror. I mean, it's like, but you know... bottom right hand corner, it's big huge. chunk of the mirror. And it's not the way I cleaned it. And I just cleaned it. But what is in there that I can make out two letters written over and over again into the mirror? Like when you go with the mirror, when you go with your finger, and you just kind of write little doodles and letters, right? And then the next time someone goes in and it steams up, you see it. Exactly. But again, we cleaned it. Neither one of us, we're both in our 30s. Neither one of us are going to fucking go through and, you know, (laughs) play with the mirror. We just don't do that. And the letters I see that were drawn into the mirror repeatedly, Z-O-Z-O. Over and over and over again. Like somebody just went up there and did it so many times until their fingers couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything And about I have the, pictures of this. I will find we, it. We do have pictures. Absolutely we post them. it to our Instagram. Yeah, we'll share it for you guys. But the, if you know anything about the paranormal, if you know anything about demons, if you know anything about Ouija, you know this demon with the letters Z-O in its yeah. name. I won't even say it. It's Yeah, I don't like to say it. I feel yeah. like saying things... Uh, same I cannot names. even speak the vampire's <laughs> name. Uh, I do give a fuck and I won't say it. Right. But I, I'm definitely one of those, and maybe it's a little of a superstition for me, um, is that I, there's certain things I just don't like to say the name, obviously, if you watch any kind of... It's not a fuck around and find <laughs> out type thing. Any, any kind of uh, exorcism movie, you realize that uh, the name... You know, you have power or dominion over them during, like, an exorcism when you get its name, right? But there's something to me about saying its name that I feel like is almost inviting or giving it a power. And it's just something that I don't want to fuck around with. I've I've heard too many stories about this. And, you know, there's countless paranormal shows that have done, um, you know, Ouija board sessions trying to get it. There's people who, all over the world, where these stories really started to come out and... I think that's what scares the shit out of me about it is because there's so many bad stories. It's no, no, nobody's right. had a good story. It's always They're bad stories, it's always intense. but it's also it's always fucked up. You know, people who never knew each other, um, who probably didn't know when these stories started to kind of surface, um, you know, years and years and years ago. Um, that's just it's. I don't believe in coincidences, and uh, it's just enough to scare me. And you know, it the the tone in your voice still to this day when I think about it was absolutely so terrifying the way you came in and woke me up to, to no, I, I, I immediately called you in there yeah. and like, like I was getting ready to say if you know anything about Ouija then you know when you summon this demon mm-hmm. it doesn't just go Z-O or Z-O-Z-O it literally goes back and forth rapid fire yeah, the name over and over again it would be Z-O-Z-O right but it's everyone so, and, that has, and since it just goes back and forth, Z-O, 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 Z-O. And like I said, and that's mirror, what it looks it like, looks like, like somebody repeatedly over and over again yeah. wrote these letters. Why would it be these letters? So to me, my, my thought, you know, like I said, I hollered for Natalie, called her in there. She sees it. I see it. We're fucking freaked out. But, you know, the, the thing that makes the most sense is with as old as these apartments were, mm-hmm. somebody probably brought a Ouija board into the apartment that we were staying or in the nearby apartment. I would say in any of them because, you know, we lived on the top floor. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things we started to feel like um, that there was kind of like um, uh, like a portal vortex kind of a vibe where it felt like there was just a space of something coming and going. And not not in the sense of, you know, I didn't feel like we had 
you know, dozens of ghosts coming and going and making themselves known, but I felt like there was something that wasn't really scary, and then there was something that was definitely scary. And well, and we had several instances where we felt, um, you know, yes, we both suffer from anxiety and depression to an extent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who doesn't? We're millennials. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> but um, we would have these days where we would just feel abnormally like something was just weighing us down mm -hmm. emotionally like we didn't have an explanation like nothing bad had happened right but we just felt like shit and we had days so like and i don't want to use the word oppressive but it did feel kind of oppressive it did, it did. at certain it, times it felt very mood affecting like right. we the, were, you know we, the more yeah. we've talked about it and even though we were in a you know a very new relationship with each other and we were still learning so much about each other you know i felt like there were times that i was almost more hot-headed there than I ever was anywhere in my entire life. Right. And there's also an area of stagnant energy too that really yeah. threw me off. And it was, it just happened to be that area that we were talking about of the uh, area between the bathroom and the bedroom, that little space. Mm -hmm. It's like you could feel it. It's like there was clearly airflow. We had. Right, yeah, man, Natalie has goosebumps just talking about it right now. She literally just shivered. I, I'm fucking, I can sit here and tell you she just shivered. But it's like, you would literally walk in, and there was an airflow. There was a vent mm -hmm. right there, yet dead, stagnant, fucking stale air, and, it, and we can't explain it. But it felt like it it would expand, you know? There yes, were, it did feel there like were, it expand. There were days that it felt like there was nothing there at all, and then there's days that it felt like it was huge and taking over the bathroom and part of the bedroom. And the thing that's really freaky about the mirror is when I tell you we tried every cleaner. Every we brand. Could, uh, we got a squeegee to clean it. I started researching, you know, like adhesive backings for mirrors. And if there's, some, you know, because I know with a lot of the old mirrors, you start to get, um, you know, they're silver backed. I didn't think that it would be in this shitty little apartment. Right. But they, they, it still could have been an old mirror, like what things I could look for to see marks come through on the backing, things like that. We tried cleaning it with salt, but which everybody is, recommended. That didn't do yeah, any good. Nothing. Um, uh, vinegar mixtures, all sorts of stuff. But the nope. thing that was so scary is one day it was just not there. And, you know, I, I'm not a hot shower person. Uh, Stevie is. He fire he like showers in hellfire. So Reminds you know, me of home. <laughs> right? So it was always steamy whenever you would shower, and sometimes it wasn't there, and then sometimes it was, and right. it, it was, was. It was almost so... like it was telling us, "I'm here." Right. Right. It was like it was. And really, that's why. That's, that's how I mean. we felt. It felt fucked up. We're like, oh my god, it's it's here. It's not here. It comes and goes as it pleases. That's why I say it's. Yeah. It was very portally feeling because it. There would be days there was nothing oppressive, and then there's days you come home and you're like, "Fuck, it's here again." Yeah. And it's. It started to amp up as we started to... I keep getting goosebumps. I'm like... I know it sounds pretty simple, but, but it was, it was it day truly day. terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, again, I've, I've dealt with a lot of different things throughout the years, and hopefully we can talk a lot more about those in the future, you know, different episodes. But this place just it got worse and it felt so scary and it felt like it especially it, as we were we, once we decided we were moving yeah we when we were moving shit, and we it, started it, it to pack up really bad because to the point of moving things again right. you know I, I again i had little things you know the first few months that i was there by myself it was maybe six or seven months and um you know the little things that would move it never really felt too uh malicious it was more the feelings from that bathroom at night but 
you know, as we started packing, we had this huge closet, um, you know, the giant, like kind of accordion style, the open outdoors. It was like the whole wall of one of our bedrooms. Right. Now, one thing I want to point out about these doors is one of them was fucking stuck. Like it would. It yeah. So one move. of them always popped off the hinge. You'd have to almost like lift the door off the carpet a little bit. Right. To it open wasn't it. easy to fucking get this thing to right. move. The handle had popped off because why not, you know, give like a, a tiny piece of plastic for a handle that's on a door that's like special. 50, 50 pound door. Um, but yeah, and you know, the other one had always stayed pretty well on track. It slid open pretty easy, but the other one did not. Um, and we were always pretty particular about keeping them closed because my cat likes to uh, chew on socks. So obviously yeah, we, we, we go through socks <laughs> like they're like they're fucking uh, candy because this cat eats them all yeah, the time. She likes to just chew little holes and leave them. So, you know, and we had like one of our hampers in there. So we were always pretty um, careful about keeping this closet closed. And um, in the middle of packing, there was a day that I came home and I was like, ah, oh, damn, you know, I thought maybe one of us left it open. And it was just maybe six inches open. And it was the, the one that wasn't hard to move. So and I figured... I'm, I'm okay. known for forgetting shit. I'm known for being forgetful. So when she brought it to my attention, I was like, oh, damn, I left this morning and forgot to close right. it all the way. That's it was, my fault. It was it's nothing. Me. And again, it was the one that was on track. It was easy to slide and I didn't think anything of it. Um, and then about a week later, it happened again. Same door, the easy to open one, but it was open much further. And, and the thing it, that yeah. scared me about this one is I had come home, laid on the bed, sitting on my phone, doing whatever, uh, waiting for him to get home. We were going to go out, do something, see a movie, get dinner, whatever. And when we come home and I go back into the bedroom, I'm stop and I'm staring. And Stevie walks in and he looks at me and he's like, no, no, I know I closed this morning. I'm like, no, I know you did because I was already here and it was closed. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was uh... Yeah, you like you. I think you originally thought it was me or something I had done, but this time I was, I was, I was, yeah. I was more certain this time that I'd closed it because I didn't want that to happen again. Especially mm -hmm. like again, I'm forgetful. But if it happened recently, I'm not gonna fuck up that that quick that right. quickly again. But this was I, like yeah. I had seen it closed. We left, came back. It's open. It was open. And it happened one more time where it was open like that. But then wide the, open. The week that we were. Uh, set to leave basically everything in the home was packed we come home and the one that's hard to open the one that you have to lift and slide or else it's just dragging along the carpet is wide fucking open and and i definitely knew that wasn't me and i just right but the thing is that's weird about this the closet is right in front of it there were multiple times that we would walk through the room and it was almost like you walk through this it was that stagnant air that i was talking this, about it was right that, but it felt like it, it it was almost staticky like it was yeah. like a space that you were walking like that, through like when you get too close to a tube tv yes yeah it was that yes. static yes that feeling um and it was almost like you could back up and stick your arm forward and you would feel it just in this one space and oh. there was no vent there. The vent was over on the other side of the room. It was just so weird. Right. And that's why I said it always felt like was, it would kind of move. the thing is like, it was a small room though. There was an airflow. Like that's right. the fucking thing. It's like the vent, like that's what I was trying to say earlier. The vent was, was yeah, it wasn't like right there, but it, there was airflow. Like yeah. there was no fucking reason for that spot to be 
just stagnant, dead fucking air. Yeah. Like it was that, almost like walking through like an invisible column of static electricity. TV static. Like I right. said, that's the best thing I can describe it. It's like if, if you know, if you're our age and you remember TV static, it was like when you'd get your hand too close to the TV and you'd feel the, the, the static right. coming off of it. Yeah. But it felt like that. Imagine that raining fucking down on you. And yeah. that's how this, this spot in the room felt. And... You know, thinking about it now, it's almost kind of scary to me. It's like, was it a spot or was it something there that we couldn't see? Because were we, yeah, were we, were we? because it was there every now and then in front of the closet, which had started to open the right, last of course. two, three weeks that we were there before we moved. But that was also the same feeling you would sometimes get in the, the little square hallway space. You would get it in the bathroom. Yep. And maybe once or twice kind of in the living room, but really not in that area much. It was always coming from that fucking bathroom. Yeah. And um, glad to say the new place we moved, nothing came with us. I was uh, very careful about that. I even cleansed my mirror before we moved it. I almost left it there. um, This is a newer building, so (laughs) not as much uh, residual energy here not that we not that we can think of at least there was a woman who loved yeah. to craft here and we still get her fucking mail but you know <laughs> hey uh if that's the worst we have to put up with here i guess yeah. we're doing okay yeah it's and that's you know again it, it might sound like something pretty small and simple to somebody but when you're living it and i i really hope um you know we've got one more week before halloween I really still would love to have people send us some of their ghost stories or I don't care how big or small it is. I don't care if you fucked with a Ouija board. I don't care if you were just like, oh, I saw an apparition once in my home or, you know, dead grandma, you know, sitting in her old favorite rocking chair. But I would love to hear more people's stories because just talking about ours, like, you know, I'm giving myself chills, but I want to hear theirs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've heard ours. We've told ours thousands of times. So we want to hear yours. Yeah, horrorzoidpod at gmail.com. Horrorzoidpod on Instagram. Horrorzoid on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, TikTok, all the good shit. We're out there. Everywhere. Fucking hit us up. We love yeah. your stories. Horror- so yeah, let us if know. Horrorzoid.com will take you to all of our links. Now, something else we kind of wanted to talk about are some of our uh, real paranormal investigators, shows, YouTube channels, things like that, that have kind of inspired us really to push further into the unknown absolutely and we just talked about it before the episode we're going to go on some some haunts some tours uh so we'll have some more spooky content for you guys here very Mm -hmm. soon not only on the podcast but on the pages like tiktok and everything as well yeah uh but yeah definitely want to give some love to some of these men and women who are out there in the field every day uh, investigating ghosts so that we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the first ones I want to give a shout out to Grant and Jason, the original Ghost Hunters Hell show. Yeah. That I think that's where we all got started. That's the one. I, that's the first one I remember being on TV on a weekly basis. Like those guys broke the ground for so many people. Unfortunately, they weren't the first ones that I saw. I remember seeing them, but um, Zach Baggins. Uh, I really uh, yeah. don't like him. However. Um, back in the beginning when they started, I really felt like he, he really did witness something. He really did want to seek out the paranormal and find things. Uh, A lot of their, uh, beginning seasons, they're really good at going to try to debunk things that they've heard or seen. Um, and then we fucking he hate just... Zach Baggins in this house. I was gonna say he is public <laughs> yeah. enemy number one. We fucking hate I, uh, him. I don't care for him at all. He he could have been different then, but I feel like after seasons and seasons and everyone oogling over him, even though he's really not that great looking to me, um, 
he's just buff. You mean you don't awkward. like his blue steel that he does? <laughs> yeah, no. My name and is the, Zach Baggett. Always has a giant thing of hair gel, I think, in those early seasons. Ugh. But I also That's knew people gross. that uh, met him and said he was a giant dick. So I just, I don't know. There's something about the way he became, um, I feel like it kind of took over what his initial goal was. So I love the first few seasons, but it also leads us to someone that used to work with them that actually left, which is Nick Groff. Um, he went on to uh, do some of his own shows. One of our favorites uh, he did uh, was called Paranormal Lockdown. And I really liked it because they wouldn't just spend one night. They'd spend three fucking days in a place um, doing... Literally locked their, down for 72 yeah. hours. They couldn't leave. They were there. They were they there. They had to sleep on cots. Yeah. Uh, and so not just cots, but like uncomfortable. It, like they slept you know, in, in sleeping body Sleeping bag on, uh, on concrete. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, the body shoot. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, he did that show with Katrina Weidman. Yeah, well, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's, she does a lot of paranormal shows as well. Yeah, and I, I loved their methods. I loved the way that they would uh, give a lot of research about the, the places that they would go to, honestly, is something that I really like. Um, you know, here in Indiana, locally, we have, uh, you know, some spooky places. But just the history of the buildings or what happened there. And they and always kind of touch on that. And I really, really like that. And so just going, hey, this place is really haunted because a bunch of people got killed here. It's like... You get all these really cool stories. And I think, I, I, like I said, that's that's uh, that's what I enjoyed the most about it. Is it focused on the history? It wasn't just that we're here to find ghosts. It's we're here to learn about this place. We're mm-hmm. here to, you know, because I think that's that's what helps understand, you know, the activity that's going on in these places. Kind of like mm-hmm. what I talked about earlier with the Biltmore. Sure. Is if you understand the history, I think you. Not that you're less scared, but you're less intimidated by it for sure. Because mm-hmm. then you just realize these are just real people, energies that have passed through. Right. You know, of course these things are going to kind of hang around. Of course these things are going to kind of linger. And that's how Nick and Katrina always approached it. That's mm-hmm. why I think Paranormal Lockdown really appealed to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that and, you know, the 72-hour thing, you know, I feel like some shows, they kind of work up every bump that, you know, is in the night. And it's like, there's a lot of places that are just going to be windy, big, creaky, old. I mean, some of these places are over 100 years old. And, you know, they did like Paranormal Lockdown UK where they go to these old ass castles and shit. It's right. Like, of course, there's going to be fucking noises and stuff there. So I love the way that they, they're really skeptical about what they get. But 72 hours when you get, you know, uh, something almost like an apparition type on camera, it feels more believable than just walking in and spending eight hours in a place and going, well, we saw a full body apparition. Not that that can't happen. But it just made their evidence a little bit more believable to me. It was more believable. It was more realistic. They didn't freak out over every little thing the way Zach and Aaron do. Oh, where it's God. like, you know, it's like, oh, listen to the spirit box. They said dead. Oh, yeah. my God. They said dead. No, they didn't. Without no, they any didn't. kind of, you know, sitting down, having other people think about it. And that's one of those things, I think, with most paranormal shows where if they tell you what they're hearing, that's what you're going to hear. You can't hear anything else. But if you just have it and it's there and you hear it, like that's fucking scary. Right. I appreciate paranormal shows where they don't try to lead you mm-hmm. to what you're supposed to hear. Like, and some just, of them, they're they just, just like uh, one of the new ones, actually, that um, uh, I saw a video on TikTok that Haunting Season talked about uh, life after death. And he was talking about a, a group called Charm City Paranormal, which I've since binged all of their YouTube videos and they're fantastic and um, they've grown exponentially, which is really cool. But that's something that they do even on their their videos where there's question marks for the EVP because they don't know what 
it sane, right. but there's something that that's there. Them. You know, it always, it doesn't always have to be that, uh, you know, they're saying something to you. It could just be noises that are unexplained. Right. There's just some type of ethereal sound, voice, right. there's something coming through. We can't tell what it is. It's Which is like literally what EVP means. Right. Like <laughs> Electronic uh, yeah, voice phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, having it and not just shoving it down your throat for what every single thing is saying is really cool to me. I really, really like what they're doing. I hope that they come to Indiana because one of the places that you and I have gone to um, and kind of walked to the grounds and we've done a tour of the pathology building is Indiana uh, has the Central State Hospital. Most of it's gone now, um, but it was a sanatorium um, and there's a lot of spooky stuff. Uh, one of the places you can just go have coffee now um, and yeah. live there. But um, We've been there multiple times. It's, yeah. it's incredibly creepy, spooky, uh, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those, uh, you know, it's not as notable as like places like Waverly Hills right. um, and some of the other, you know, uh, the sanatoriums, tuberculosis mm-hmm. units that are out there, you know, that, that housed all of these people under these really unfortunate circumstances. But yeah, Central State Hospital here in Indiana, one of our favorite haunted spots to hit mm-hmm. uh, for, for sure. Uh, but yeah, while we're talking about some of paranormal experts that we really appreciate their work, uh, we got to talk about two of our recent favorites, uh, oh, Shane yeah. Madej, Ryan <laughs> Bergara, started out on BuzzFeed Unsolved. You've mm-hmm. se- you've probably seen their videos. Their memes have popped up. Oh yeah, uh, they're they're everywhere. They're they're really I mean, they're, they're, you they've know, really become popular. But now they have Shane's their own. the bridge owner, the, is, the demon goat bridge. He owns a bridge. <laughs> uh, but Shane and Ryan now have their own show on a YouTube channel called Watcher, and it's called Ghost Files. They mm-hmm. also do a show called Too Many Spirits, where they read ghost stories. Uh, while they get shit faced, which I appreciate, <laughs> it's fine. And uh, but yeah, Ghost Files. It's it's a straight up paranormal investigation show. Now mm-hmm. they go to these awesome spots that are haunted, including Waverly Hills. I would say, oh yeah, Waverly Hills was yeah. their first episode. Yeah. They've done Alcatraz, and uh, they're going on and on. But it's it's really cool. Um, again, I feel like I I kind of relate to them because I'm kind of like the the Ryan where I'm scared shitless and I don't want really things to talk back to me, even though I'm curious enough. And you're a bit of that realistic skeptic uh the way shane is where you're just kind of like okay demons right yeah it's, it's like me your boy I, I don't walk in and automatically think every place is haunted like i said i try to find a realistic explanation for everything and usually at the end of the day it's you know shane had a quote in one of his recent episodes where he said i just don't trust a lot of these people mm-hmm. when it comes to their paranormal experiences and yeah. i think i'm the same way i don't mm-hmm. trust a lot of people i mean we you know one, i don't want to get into it too much but you know we talk about the warrens a lot and how mm-hmm. they were just shitty people who exploited a lot of the people who went to them for help. Right. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that category of like, after hearing stories about how shitty people like the Warrens were, how you know, these people like Zach Baggins are clearly exploiting people for Been very exploited right. in some other episodes. Yeah. I have a hard time trusting and believing a lot of experiences that people have and a lot of stories that people have. Um, that's why, you know, when, when I talk about the Biltmore, I've personally experienced that firsthand. Mm-hmm. The apartment that we had, I experienced that firsthand. Sure. You tell me you've experienced something, I'm going to approach it with a skeptical mind. And I think right. that's where I come in with my mindset. Like you said, you you are more believing, more understanding mm-hmm. of people because of the experiences that you've had. We both sure. come from different vantage points because of the experiences we've had, which is so fascinating to me. But we do. We both have well, very different approaches to it. And you said something to me years ago where... Uh, you said, I believe that you believe that you had an experience you can't explain. And that's always kind of resonated me with me because 
while, you know, some of the stuff I feel like they present um, evidence and it's like, to me, I'm like, well, that could have been anything in this giant old building. But if you really feel like it was or if there was something specifically happening to you, then yeah, sure. Um, you know, but it's, you do have to kind of take a lot of those things that happen with a grain of salt because like the episode of Shane and Ryan on Alcatraz, you're on a fucking island in an old jail. There's going to be noises. There's going to be all sorts of, of things. noises. But, you know, whenever you hear something like banging on bars, like, yeah, I don't necessarily think that's going to be an easy thing to replicate without something doing it. Um, so I just, you know, it can be spooky, but there's definitely some compelling evidence that these, these, uh, these people have got. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt that there is mm-hmm. compelling evidence. There's very real shit that's happened to people. There's very real shit that's happened to me, but it's again, it's, I want, my goal is to eliminate the things that, that really could, that it really could have been because nine times out of 10, it's something real and explainable. Mm-hmm. There is that one out of 10 times, that 10% chance, though, mm-hmm. that it was otherworldly, that it was an energy that we cannot see or explain. Well, that's I something I remember on that. Ghost Hunters that I really liked, where he's like, I don't know, let me look at this. And, you know, they kind of, they observe their surroundings when they feel like they've seen something, especially. Right. Seeing is, is difficult. Your mind plays tricks on you. Your mind tries to fill in voids where you're not seeing things. So whenever there could be a reflective light from a road somewhere, yeah. you know, where there's cars driving by, that could be something. Yeah, that's why I want another, the last guy I want to talk about A lot of things is, can look like orbs. Yeah, yeah. and the last guy I want to talk about is uh, one that you introduced me to, uh, uh, Josh he's Gates. He's my favorite. Yeah, Josh Gates. Uh, he, Do yourself a favor and go watch uh, Destination Truth. He does Expedition Unknown, which goes into a lot of really cool stuff. Some still paranormal. But yeah. Destination Truth, he did a lot of cryptid searching and paranormal searching. And he is so good at not just accepting what he has. He looks for reasons why he could have heard something. He looks for reasons why he could have seen something. He goes to different experts to go, does this sound like an animal in the area to you? And they're like, oh, yeah, it sounds like this animal. And they play the animal sound. You're like, oh, well, that's it's definitely this. It's forgotten wild bird whose right. population is only exclusive to this one <laughs> island where you just happen to be. And it's exactly. like, fuck, of course it is. You right. Know, it's, like- it's like, you know, if you're doing a an area that's near, like, jungle terrain there's got to be a lot of shit at night that you coming from indiana aren't gonna fucking know what it sounds like like he he uh did a whole thing on easter island which i thought was fucking tremendous oh but josh gates is he's a he's an actual archaeologist he's like Mm -hmm. certainly like he's a hundred percent legitimate archaeologist um maybe even a paleontologist or something like that. He, he's, he's, he's all sorts of He's goodies. got a lot of that background. So he does approach things from a very, not skeptical standpoint, but he's, you know, very similar to what I said, how I approach things. Uh, and maybe he's part of the big motivation that the reason I do approach things the way I do, he looks for the real explanation first. Mm-hmm. And if he can't explain it through real means, through mm-hmm. legitimate hundred percent of this world, uh, you know, uh, methods, then it, that's when he's like, this is paranormal. Yeah. But it's very rare that he has to do that. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, all these experiences that people have, I don't discredit these people. I don't discount them. But there are so many realistic, real world explanations sure. for a lot of these things that you have to rule out first before you jump to 
paranormal. 100%. So when I say I'm a skeptic, it's not that I don't believe. It's the fact that I've got to rule those things out before I can sit here and say it's ghosts. Right. And I feel you, you know, coming from a place, uh, you know, you could be listening to our stories and be like, well, anything can happen in an apartment complex. There's tons of people and of course. things going in and out. And, um, but there were things that I looked for reasons that I couldn't find. And that's why it really scared me. Exactly. And, you know, talking about Josh Gates with his, his episodes of destination truth, there were a lot of them, even the cryptid episodes were like, they can't explain a fur sample. Yep. They can't explain a footprint in the Himalayas. Like he has a, a footprint in a museum somewhere that they think is a Yeti. Like, you know, there's shit. They, they exhaust all, all routes of, of logic before they land on where they land. And I really, really like that about him. I, I respect that and appreciate about that to him, him too. Um, it, and, you know, like you said, going back to our stories of mm-hmm. the apartment, of the hotel, things like that, uh, you know, when you were a kid in your childhood home. Of course, yes, there are things that could have manipulated our mindset. And that's, I, I, I don't doubt that. I'm not mm-hmm. sitting here saying 100% it was paranormal. I'm just saying, trust when I tell you, I tried to rule out explanations legitimate explanations first before i jump to this is paranormal sure and yes i do admit that staying in a spooky ass hotel with a lot of legends and lore surrounding it i'm sure that influenced me to an extent yeah uh and going back if but you, know, you guys all heard someone bang on a door when no one was there th- that is inexplicable you know, I, and- I there's like i said i tried to rule out with somebody running up or down the stairs <laughs> right. shit like that like it, 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 i couldn't do it so yeah right. like when i sit here and say something happened Something fucking happened. Like, I can't explain. I don't have a real world explanation. You know, as you were telling it, I was sitting here thinking like, oh, someone's going to be like, oh, it was a stairwell. You know, anyone could have, there could be weird air pressures or something. But there's something different about air pressure slamming a door and then someone banging on a door. Exactly. The door was shut. Right. And something slammed into it. Something physically. Yeah. Physically slammed into it. That door did not move. I was facing it. The door did not move. Something went into it. And, you know, a lot of our, our moments in the apartment, we were fully awake yeah there were parts where we were kind of drifting to sleep and i know a lot right. of and i don't have rule that. out that it could have been something sure like that too yeah. there, there's definitely that in between of you going to sleep where you start to go into the dream state where you can see or hear things but i feel like it was you know some of those could have been uh pushed off as that but some of them i just i'm like no i was i was awake enough in bed to to know and i also had things you know we didn't really mention it earlier that um, animals are very sensitive to things. And when I watch my cat watch something walk across the room and she's got her back arced up and she's a very calm cat, uh, you know, behavior wise, that's fucking scary. Right. I, I'll, yeah, I'll sit here and I'll second that. Yeah. Our, our cat, uh, who coincidentally is named ghost. Uh, <laughs> she, yeah, she is, she is, she's very well behaved. She's very calm, uh, very chill, but yeah, you're right. She's had moments where, mm-hmm. uh, she will, look and stare and you stare know or people, follow and, and follow and, and people have said pets and animals are very much in tune mm-hmm. with things that we are not mm-hmm. and you, you've got to trust that and, yeah and that's, trust that's your one animals those, and yeah. trust your kids that is i'm sorry things, yeah. kids you know their their minds are so open i feel like they kind of go into that category where they don't you know, know how you, to be closed off right you've even had you know moments with your daughter will say things and you're like what the fuck no exactly. don't say shit oh, like yeah. that that's scary oh yeah um and i i'm sure i probably had things like that as a kid that i said that were, my parents were pretty dismissive of and it just yeah. wasn't enough for me to remember yeah but you know just be open about yeah. it. So yeah, we're uh, we're far from calling ourselves Mulder and Scully here, but we've had enough <laughs> paranormal experiences ourselves. We have a lot of experts that we look to, and the reason we kind of wanted to mention them is 
you know, we want you to check them out too and, yeah. and see what you think and give us your feedback. Do you, you know, who are your favorite paranormal investigators? You know, there's a ton of people on YouTube. I've seen a ton of people go through the Biltmore. Yeah. Um, I can tell you for a fact, I've seen a ton of, ton of videos of people going through the Biltmore. Mm-hmm. Some are credible, some aren't. Uh, you know, we saw people going through the Cecil Hotel with some of their investigations and the, uh, you know, the, uh, the case of Alyssa Lamb. Uh, so there's, there's a ton of, ton of paranormal investigators out there. Yeah. So let us know who you like. Let us know what you think. Uh, show us some of the evidence that you have. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be amazing. We'd love to see some of your evidence. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Charm City Paranormal, when I found them, um, you know, they're still, as far as, you know, the big ghost hunters go, they were a little smaller on YouTube and they've, they've grown exponentially, which is really fucking exciting because I really love what they're doing. And I know that there's so many more out there. So if you're listening and you're a paranormal investigator, or even if you just do local stuff and you you go around, I want to yeah. see it. You just got some fun videos with you and your friends fucking around. Absolutely, yeah. send yeah, send it to us. We would yeah, we we want to we want to see it. We want to yeah. share it with with or our tag folks us. too. Yeah, it's it's it it's what we love to do. So yeah, thank you for joining us for this very special episode. It's great to kind of take a break from talking about movies, talk about some of our real. Ghost stories, you know, you can listen to this if you're sitting around a campfire this fall and you're looking to get spooked out. Maybe listen to our stories, listen to this episode. You're welcome to. Uh, We've had a great time. Uh, We hope you had a great time. And uh, next week, we're back to movies because it's Halloween weekend. We're talking our favorite Halloween movies. So, yeah, of course, we're going to talk about Michael Myers. Of course, we're going to talk about Trick or Treat. Of course, we're going to talk about all the big ones, all the heavy Terrifier. hitters. Terrifier. Terrifier, too. House of a Thousand I mean... Corpses, 31, fucking all the big ones. We're going to hit them all. So tune yes. in next week. we got a great episode for you. Don't forget to drop us you know, some reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume this podcast. Drop us a review. We love to get pushed up and get more people involved in the party. So thank you. And with that, we will leave you with this. They're here. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every weekend. Follow us on TikTok at HorrorzoidPod and send emails to HorrorzoidPod at gmail.com with your thoughts, questions, and stories for us to read on a future episode. To all our Zoids out there, stay scary. Stay scary.